Dionisio at the plate. He's over two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. My name is Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Well, it is the offseason, folks, so uh, we're gonna, we, uh, we went to a basketball game, quite frankly. We went we to did. three basketball games on <laughs> December 7th, uh, the Chicago Elite Classic, so uh, a high school basketball tournament. So instead of talking about baseball today, we got an event for you and it's a basketball game. Yeah, we were talking about bums at basketball games uh, this week. Yes. Um, so t- uh, this is episode number 65. We're calling it the George Ratkowitz episode. Uh, you, you, Jeremy, who was George Ratkowitz? Uh, yeah, George Ratkowitz. Uh the only basketball player to ever wear number 65, mm-hmm. apparently, according to our crack research uh, that we did maybe two minutes ago. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, so he wore number 65 in nineteen in the 1949-1950 season for the Syracuse Nationals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was his age 27 season, and it was his rookie year, according to basketball reference. So yeah. that, that kind of strikes me as something where, like, you know, they held a... This guy was 6'6", and they held, like, probably, like, held a tryout. <laughs> Um, yeah, right. And he he made the team, and he yeah. ended up playing about six or seven years in the NBA. Or he was like, you know, like an electrician's apprentice or something. <laughs> and they're like, hey, kid, you you should try out for the Syracuse Nationals. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm just, I'm just the guy who carries the ladder. I can't do it. Like, you got it, kid. The Nationals need you. Get on out there, Georgie boy. I don't know. Maybe that happened. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeremy, uh, basketball players now uh, in, in college, and I think high school, too, can't have numbers above five. Uh, because the referee needs to signal the scoring table, like it follows on number twelve, like uh, it follows on one two, right? Um, you know, unless that referee is El- Antonio Alfonseca. Ooh, yeah, then right. he could have sixty six. Yeah, so he could have refed a game George Ratzkowitz played in. Yeah, there you go. All um, right. So yeah, uh, so we uh, we wanted to get to an event, so we uh, we went to uh, this basketball tournament, the Chicago Elite Classic, hosted by Simeon and Whitney Young. Yeah, uh, and two, Morgan Park too. I think. And, and Morgan Park too. So. Yeah. T- uh, Three perennial Chicago powers, uh, yeah. and they invited some uh, really top schools from out of state uh, to come in and play in this tournament. And we saw some really good recruits. We saw three of the top fifty, uh, three of the top one hundred, uh, three of the yeah, three top one hundred uh, recruits. Uh, and actually, they were three top thirty recruits uh, overall. Yeah, the team, the, all the teams were all the teams were ranked in the top one hundred of the country. Yes, um, all six of the teams we saw, and then but yeah, but like the. We saw five players in the top 40 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we saw, um, just to give you a real quick rundown before we get into things, we saw uh, Caleb Love, the number 21 ranked recruit, who is a UC, UNC commit. I think he signed with them. We saw DJ Stewart, the number 26 player in the country. He is signed, uh, committed with Duke. And we also saw Adam Miller, who has not signed yet, but he has committed to Illinois. I want to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, for sure. And so DJ Stewart was on uh, the Whitney Young team, mm-hmm. the local yep. Chicago. Uh, Chicago High School. Yep. Uh, Caleb Love was from <coughs> Christian Brothers. Yeah, uh, Christian Brothers. It's like something. CBC. It's like Christian Brothers College uh, School. Maybe, yeah, College Prep or something yeah. out of uh, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And then um, Adam Miller was uh, from uh, Morgan Park in yep. Chicago. Yeah. 
Um, so <coughs> it was it was very exciting uh, to be able to attend this event. This is my second trip to Wintrust Arena. Jeremy's first trip yeah. uh, there. Um, folks, the best part, the best part about this for me <laughs> was that I found $20 on the ground at halftime. You did, yeah. It was it was great. I've never found that much money. I found like I found like 10 bucks on the bus a couple of months ago, but $20 <laughs> is just a it's, it was a boon. Yeah. Um, I was, w- w- what happened was I was at the, I was at the vending stand. I had just gotten my soda and I saw this, this bill on the ground. I didn't know, I didn't know what money note it was. I just saw the money <laughs> on the ground. So I did that thing where, you, you know, when, when you see money on the ground, you got to kind of give it a second, you know, cause sure, you think yeah. that maybe somebody like just maybe dropped it nearby. So I gave it like one second, I gave it a beat and then I, I walked over to it and then I just, I stepped on it. Yeah. So like nobody else could see it. And then I, I, instead of picking it up. I don't know. I was just too embarrassed or bashful to do it. There were like too many people around, so I like dragged it with my foot <laughs> off to the side. So I was like dragging my foot. Maybe some people thought I was like, uh, you know, had a had a lame lame foot. Or yeah, something. You're, or your Francis Dollar Hide from uh, Manhunter. <laughs> right. Um, so I uh, the Tooth Fairy, right? Was that yes, the Tooth Fairy? That's right. Um, so I uh, so I dragged it over by like a garbage can, and I picked it up and I unfolded it, and it was a twenty dollar bill. I was ex- <laughs> I was ecstatic. These yes. tickets, these tickets cost us fifteen dollars to this game. Yep. You know, they say that uh, you know the house, the house always comes out ahead at a <laughs> casino. But like, I came out ahead here, and I know when to quit, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeremy, you don't your reaction though when when I got back. So this yeah. was at halftime, and Jeremy had stayed at the seats to kind of watch our coats and and whatnot. Sure. Um, so I came back, and I said, I said. Dude, I found twenty dollars on the ground, and Jeremy goes, "Oh, god damn it!" That was your reaction. You weren't happy for me. You well, said, "God damn it!" Well, I'll tell you because Jack. Well, we can get into this real quick at the top of the at the top of the show here. I, I like about two minutes before the half, I said to Jack, "Hey, I'm gonna get up during halftime. I'm gonna maybe go get something to, to eat." And uh, Jack goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get up too." And uh, so I'm like, all right, well, we should take turns, uh, you know, to keep to hold the seats because it was general admission. Yeah. And so Jack goes like, all right, I'll I'll go and I'll be back in a minute. And then halftime ro- comes and goes, and the, the second quarter, the second half starts, and Jack <laughs> strolls down the aisle. <laughs> and I gave him like a hands up in the air, like, what the hell? What the hell happened here? Like I didn't even get to get up. Well, here's the thing. So first of all, to be fair, high school has eight minute half times. Yeah. Uh, but se- second of all, the way the wind trust is laid out, like I had been there once and I knew where the bathroom was, and the, like on the way to the bathroom, we'll get into this a little bit later. But there was yeah. like a Nike lounge, and I had figured I would be able to get in there to get my soda, but right. like I couldn't get in there, so I had to go to the other side of the arena to the only other vending stand that was open. Yeah. Um. And so I, I, I explained this to Jeremy, and I told him that was why it took so long. And it, just, it only took me eight minutes. I mean, I was back right at the start of the half. But I'll say this. But Jeremy, also, um, also what I, uh, what, what I said, you said to me, I was like, you know, I explained to you my, uh, my route that I took, and you, you said, oh, I bet, well, I bet there were bathrooms right by that vending stand that was open, and you pointed them out. Sure enough, there were. <laughs> we're so right there was nothing but nothing but salt from Jeremy here. But you know what? Which is which is why. Hence my reaction to like that was like insult to injury. It's like this guy got up the whole halftime and he found twenty dollars. I'm sitting here like an asshole, like just just sitting here waiting so I can get up and get a soda. But anyway, um, so yeah, so that's where that all came from. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm glad uh, I'm glad you uh, you know walked away ahead there, Jack. Right. That was good. So uh, uh, let let's get into a, a segment we're going to call fan of the game. Yeah, fan of the game. I mean, you know, we've. There was plenty in the past with baseball, and so um, you know we just want to kind of call it out there. So uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the fan of the game, uh, Jack. Uh, 
How would you describe this guy? Okay, so I, I, I was talking to you, Jeremy. I was saying that this is like a classic Chicago basketball guy. Right, You know, yeah. he's like a guy who's like uh, been, been lived in the city his whole life. Uh, you know him and his, uh, you know him and his old friends get together and they talk about the high school basketball scene. Yeah, for you sure. You know they probably talk about some some guard that played thirty years ago that's been better than everybody who's come along since. But like this, nobody's ever heard of this guy because he probably blew out his uh, ankle like uh, the summer before his freshman year of college <laughs> and he never played again. But he was better than everybody who ever came along. Yeah. You know, so these guys like you know. He, he's one of those guys, you know, a student uh, of the game, a student, a student of the game, but kind of not really. <laughs> yeah, too. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, now this guy, uh, I was calling him uh, 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 front porch Napoleon um, <laughs> uh, for reasons we'll get into later. This guy hated tall guys. Yeah, so like sure. I, I thought I thought he was gonna so okay the first thing the first thing I said was I, I we sat down and this guy was sitting directly in front of us. Um, and I said to Jeremy, like, because they, they, we got there right at the start of the first game, which was uh, Simeon versus uh, um, who was it? Saint Francis, Saint Francis, Saint Francis from, from, out from Baltimore. Baltimore, out yeah. of Baltimore. We should say that there were there were actually like three games before we got there. Four, there were four games actually because we saw three. And there were seven total. Yeah, and it's also uh, key to note that the game right before us was uh, Bloom High School. Yeah. Versus like Pace College or Pace College Prep or something yeah. from Georgia maybe. Uh-huh. Um, but Bloom is very important to note when we're talking about this guy. Yeah. Uh, because uh, he was the biggest Bloom fan out there, I think. He was. Yeah. He had some type of connection to Bloom. Yeah. Uh, I call him. I Jack. I've been waiting to use this term like uh, organically, but he was a complete stan for Bloom. Uh, so I, Jack, the term stan <laughs> like uh, is. Is like a, a term that's being used nowadays, yeah. and uh, I think it references the Eminem uh, 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 song. There's this Eminem song called "Stan" or something. Yeah. It's about a guy who's like a big fan of Eminem or something. So now people like say like I'm a stand for you know the Cubs or whatever. Okay. Um, or we stand for the Cubs or something. And so this guy was a complete Bloom stan. Yeah. Uh, if if like no like no better uh, uh, representation of that word than what this guy was. Okay. Because like everything that we talked about. He was like, "Well, they're not Bloom. They they can't beat Bloom. It's Bloom, Bloom, Bloom. All this Bloom. It's like Jesus Christ. I mean, and I we looked them up, and they are pretty good. Yeah. But it's like, and then as time went on, I'm like, does this guy really? What like because I think he had just seen the Bloom game and they yeah. played well, so then that was like his basis of comparison for everything. Right. So anything that we brought up from that first Simeon St. Francis game, it was all just like, oh, he can't beat Bloom. <laughs> and he was, so the other thing about it too, like this is visual element of the of the story, but <clears throat> he was right in front of us, and you know it's stadium seating, so he was like pitched down below us, and we were a little above him. But he would give like a three quarter turn every time he talked to us. So like yeah, we would say something, he'd do a he'd do a turn, and like he he like say something kind of like snip, snippy at us, like yeah. in his way of just like kind of like talking basketball like with the guys or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, Jeremy, a lot of the times I was never sure if he was talking to you and I yeah, or right. to his wife who was sitting to the left of him or to like two two or three dudes who were like behind us who were also kind of talking to him. Well, a he was talking every way. He was yeah. like spitfiring because like yeah. he would. He, yeah, there was like he had like this wife with, and the, this is an older guy. Like he was probably in his like sixties yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and like I'm pretty sure it was his wife, and I think they were just like you know an old married couple. They were sitting a couple of seats apart. 
the woman like you know just was like trying to cheer for good plays yeah and, like, she was cheering for good <clears throat> players and good plays she was just kind yeah. of enjoying watching the basketball I think at one point she's like, oh, that's my guy, number 13. And he's like, yep. well, that guy can't rebound or something. <laughs> like, he was like, and it's like you could tell like this happens all day long at home too right. when he's watching ba- basketball or something. Too. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but it, it was kind of – in a way it was kind of fun because like it seemed like we were like one of the guys like kind of BSing about basketball with yeah. him. And, like, so it, it kind of felt like, Jack, I was glad that you had the knowledge because like – he, I think he respected it, even though he criticized, he questioned our, he questioned our opinion on everything, <laughs> and he kind of told us why we were wrong. Yeah. But I think he respected that, like we could talk basketball or whatever, or, or you could talk basketball. So that was the problem. Is like whenever he would come or turn around and talk to me, I'd be like, yeah, 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 because mm-hmm. like, I had nothing like intelligent to say back to him or whatever. <laughs> but, but he was just talking to everyone in the section. Well, and, and and a lot of the people around us were Bloom fans, I guess, yeah. and they kind of trickled out after Bloom ended mm-hmm. or whatever. So. Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing that happened, Jeremy, was we sat down, and the, the very first game was about to begin, Simeon versus St. Francis, and yeah. just uh, the, the tip was about to happen. And the guy doing the tip for uh, St. Francis of Baltimore was this kid who must have been about 6'9 or 6'10. He, yeah. uh, he was the tallest kid we saw all night. And Julian I just, Reese was his name. Julian Reese, and I immediately remarked to Jeremy, I was like, my God, that kid's tall. Like, I, I bet he's got, like, some scholarship offers, um, just without really knowing anything about him. Right. The guy immediately turns uh, turns around. He gave the like, three quarter turn. He gave the three quarter turn. He's like, he might be tall, but he might he, he might he like he ain't got no game. Yeah. He's like, we'll see what his game is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Like, you could be tall, but do you have game? Yep. You got game. Like, <laughs> yeah. So he um. So sure enough, like the first thing that happened was this Julian Reese guy like got the ball in the post and he like lost it well, right the, away. The, no, the first thing that happened was he missed. He, he lost the jump he, ball. He didn't get the jump ball. Yeah, he lost the jump ball to a guy who was probably six four. And right then, the guy turned around. He was like, "See, see." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just like totally. right then, like as if one play you can just judge the guy. At. <laughs> yeah, but right. just for the rest and a jump ball of all plays, yeah. it's like yeah, well, he can't be good. He didn't get the jump ball. <laughs> and just for the rest of the time, the guy was just dogging this this, this kid, no matter <laughs> yeah. what happened. Just talk, yeah. talking about how he didn't have any game. Yeah, and how like you know. He, uh, so that's why I said I was expecting this guy to stand up and be like five feet tall, just like just because he was like seemed like jealous. Of this guy who was six nine or six ten. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, sure. Like basketball today is more. Uh, it's more of a, a. It's more dominated by guards. You know, you don't really see the big dominant centers anymore, mm-hmm. like uh, like Shaq and Tim Duncan. That doesn't really exist anymore. Like for the most part, even guys who are fives now can step out and hit a hit a hit a deep shot. Yeah. But like, uh, but still, like this guy was just ragging on this guy just because he was tall. Yeah, I believe at one point he's like, he's no Dante Maddox, he's no Martise Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm like, and we're, I'm like, I'm like, I assume these guys play for Bloom. Yeah, and then we like looked up Bloom later, and like, sure enough, they do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, but like he was dropping these names like like they were like you know he's no Steph Curry, he's no uh, whatever. Right. Like, yeah, and see that that Jeremy was that I assumed for a while that like Dante Maddox was some guy who played like 25 years ago that he still ta- that he <laughs> yeah. still talks about. No, Turns exactly. out he was for Bloom, but yeah. like that's the kind of vibe I was getting from this guy yeah for sure um at one point uh during the same francis game uh the same francis like like i don't know if they were on a fast break and they slowed it down or they were doing something but he goes he turns around and gives a turn and he's like those catholic schools be patient like he was like they catholic schools be patient and it's like okay all right i mean is that a like you know is that like some sort of like uh remark on like uh abstinence or something like waiting until you're married or something i don't know but uh but yeah so that was that was pretty funny well there was also a time jeremy uh some kid like tried to take a charge or something and the guy turned you did the three-quarter turn he was like 
he got an A in acting. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun yeah, hearing from this, this guy. Yeah, this. Yeah, he was a. Uh, and he was enjoying the games too. He kept. He kept commenting. He's like, "This is a good game." Yeah, you know, yeah. and actually, all of the games were really good. All I think all three we watched came down to the last shot. Yeah, were very close to it for sure. Um, there's another point uh, with this guy where um, these these like this this like. T- these two teens are like a teen and his like younger brother um, <clears throat> were walking up the the aisle and the, the, this kid just like this random kid just went up to the guy and he's like excuse me uh, do do I know you from somewhere like uh, and you know the guy was like no no like you know I, I don't know like and, yeah like he's like oh, I'm sorry man I just thought you looked familiar or whatever and I'm like I was like waiting to like I thought <clears throat> the big reveal was gonna be like yeah that's right I'm the coach of uh, you know <laughs> like I was the coach of uh, I don't know. DePaul or something yeah, in the yeah. 70s. Or yeah, something. I, I was the guy who put Michael Jordan on JV or yeah, something. Exactly, you know? exactly. Like, yeah, I was th- expecting him to have some sort of uh, old story of like, right. yeah, tied to that. <laughs> yeah, um, I was wondering, like, I was like, is, is that kid is like his, his son or is his nephew or something like that? Like, who the hell is that kid? But it, it was it was no relation, just some kid? Yeah, no, there was no connection at all. That is, that is weird. The one other thing that I want to say <clears throat> about this guy is that... Um, uh, at some point during the game, he pulled out he pulled out <clears throat> a whole pack of Mambas, the candy. Yeah, the, those like chewy candies. Yeah, and they looked so fucking good. Uh-huh. And I'm like, God damn it, I want a fucking Mamba. Yeah, because I was like, I because we were there like fucking seven hours or something. Yeah, we were there from five thirty to about eleven. Yeah, so yeah, it was a long go. time. Yeah, it was like yeah, like almost six hours. Yeah. And, uh, so like. Um, and yeah, the, the prices were not high school prices, unfortunately, no. for the food. No, the hot dogs were like, what, you said five bucks? <clears throat> five bucks for a regular hot dog, yeah. and like a brat was like seven bucks Oof. or something. It's like, I'm not trying to spend that much right now. Right. And uh, I, I bought the soda and everything, And but he, I saw this guy eating these mambas, and I'm like, damn it, I want some mambas. <laughs> anyway, I, I wonder if that was like a basketball, like the, wasn't uh, wasn't uh, Kobe the, the black mamba or something like yes, that? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that was a basketball-themed snack <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, there was one other thing, and, and we're going to kind of get into the players now and the gameplay, but one other yeah. thing about this guy. There was a player on Duncanville, um, and uh, be- right before the du- first half... Duncanville was a team that played Whitney Young in yes, Game 2. in Game 2. And, <clears throat> and right before the first half, this kid this kid was a guard. His name was Juan Reyna. He had, he had yeah. a tough game. We were looking at the Duncanville stats. He, he was only 2 for 11 from yeah. the field. But uh, right before the right after the buzzer sounded in, uh, in the first half, to end the first half, this kid like took a shot that was ended up being no good. It wasn't counted, it was but it went in. Wasn't it was a three-point shot that yeah. went in, but it was not counted, and that yeah. was like the only shot the kid like you know made that half. Yeah. Then, uh, <clears throat> like in the second half, uh, the kid uh, took another shot, like right after the coach for Duncanville called a timeout that <laughs> yeah. went in. Yeah. So then this guy in front of us like commented to us, he's like. That guy never gets you one when you when you need it. Yeah, he, like number one can't make it. Yep. You can't make it when you need it. Yeah, and yeah. it turned out uh, the guy was right. Like yeah. that number one, he missed a bunch of key shots at the end of the game. He missed some free throws. Um, and of course, every time he missed, he turned around and said, "See, see, yep, yep, <laughs> yeah." I will say this though: the number one, uh, and we're gonna get to the DJ Stewart in just a second. But number one uh, for Duncanville, Juan Reyna, the guy who was missing the shots, actually drew the defensive assignment on DJ Stewart, mm-hmm. and he was he was doing it. He did an okay job on Stewart um, from what I was watching. Uh, he didn't seem intimidated by him. Uh, and, you know, I guess, you know, he was 2 for 11 from the floor, but he was also probably 
tired trying to keep up with a kid who was committed to Duke. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, credit to the kid for drawing that tough defensive assignment and doing a good job. For sure. Um, So, Jeremy, now let's get into the gameplay a little bit. Yeah, there was a Um, lot to talk about. A lot of good good, uh, talent we saw. Yeah, so so to quote some fucking loser that my friend Chris went to college with, uh, when I found out that Jeremy, like, we were going to see some top prospects, I thought, dude, that's my shit, man! (laughs) So, like, uh, I I was very excited. So, I I always uh, kind of marvel at how much Jeremy knows about these prospects for baseball. I'm mm-hmm. like, how the hell does he know that much about like these these random guys? But I had actually heard of uh, Stewart and Love um, before this before I even found out we were going to this tournament. So because yeah. I, uh, I follow Marquette basketball recruiting pretty closely, yeah. and I just you know in college recruiting in general, and just kind of had had heard these kids. Uh, names. I'm a big, uh, big college basketball fan. So um, I guess the first guy we can talk about because he's the first of the big three that we saw was DJ Stewart, uh, a yep. Duke commit. Duke commit from uh, Whitney Young. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, so what? What did you? Th- what did you think of him, Jeremy? What, what were your thoughts? On, well, on I DJ think the, I think the I to start off like because because you know you walk you hear about these guys and you're trying to size them up or whatever. I think he was the guy who I said he looked a little slight, right? Yeah. Height wise, you know, like promising, um, little slight, but I mean, obviously the kid's fucking seventeen years old. Yeah. Or something, yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, um, but uh, I mean, he looked good, like. As far you know, for for me, like the completely average Joe uh, uh, interpretation, like he seemed to have like the look of a of a star, like sure. he had the swagger of a yeah. star. Um, I think it's cool. Like one of the cool things about basketball is how like one player can put the whole team on his shoulders and and try to win the game or whatever. Yep. And I think like he definitely seemed like he had the the attitude to you know want to do that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I liked the way he looked. Like he he was a good he was a sharpshooter. Like he mm-hmm. was um you know I think. He he took a lot of shots uh, and he missed some, but uh, but you know he made some pretty impressive ones as well. So he did, um, and he also took the he was also tasked <clears throat> with uh, taking the very last shot, which yeah. was a, was was a tough shot for him that he missed. Yeah, um, right. yeah. So I, uh, I I liked his game. I uh, I I was doing a little bit of reading on him, uh, and so he, it turns out he was very being very heavily recruited by Texas and uh, Shaka Smart okay. um, for a very long time. I think Texas wanted him really bad. Louisville was starting to get into the mix. Um, but DJ Stewart seems like he wanted to go to Duke. He wanted to be blue blood. Duke has a commit named Jalen Johnson for 2020. He's from Wisconsin. He's the like the okay. number one player in the country. And that Duke had offered Jalen Johnson as like a sophomore, um, and okay. you know he had committed to them last year. <clears throat> so when Duke like really wants a kid, it seems like they offer him like you know they'll they'll offer him. But with DJ Stewart, they had like been recruiting him. Uh, he had been mainly being recruited by John Shire, who I think is from Northbrook, yeah, if yeah, I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yes, yeah. uh, and, and from, by all accounts, a world-class prick too, uh, <laughs> when he was at Northbrook. But uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, DJ Stewart was being recruited by John Shire. And so they had been sniffing around him for a long time, but they hadn't offered him a scholarship yet. Um, uh, so eventually, uh, over the summer at an a- uh, AAU tournament, um, he, uh, you know, he, had a, he had a great showing. And uh, I think it was maybe shortly after that or like in September that they offered him. So uh, it seems like they kind of weren't really sure about him. And so when I watched him, I was like, this kid, like, so when I, when I, when you hear Duke, because Duke is, in, they, they were one of the last schools where like guys never really left early yeah. uh, up to about the early 2000s. I remember Eldon Brand left early, but he was one of like the first Duke players to ever leave early. If Duke fans are listening to this and I'm, I'm off, uh, I apologize, but <laughs> that, that is from my recollection. Uh, but now Duke has in the last five or six years, they've embraced the one and done model so you know when you see a duke recruit you kind of think oh this kid he might be a a one and done 
Um, I, when I saw his game, I really didn't. I really didn't get that impression. My impression of this kid mm-hmm. is that he would be. Um, he seems more on the level of like a, a, a Texas recruit, which is still really good. Texas is still a really good high major. They've been really good for a number of years under Rick Barnes. Shaka Smart has struggled a little bit, but he seems more on the level of like that second tier of high majors and not quite like a blue blood player. Now, that being said, Jeremy, like you said, the kid doesn't really seem like he has an ACC ready body, but if he, when he gets in their weight training program and stuff, he puts on a little weight, he's not going to be a one and done folks. That's what I'm saying. I think he's going to be more what these schools refer to as a program guy. So I think he's going to be there like three or four years, but by the time he's an upperclassman, he's going to be like the leader of of that team. And he's going to be really good. You mentioned the leadership qualities. Yeah. No, and uh, my my main uh, understanding of college basketball is the tournament. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, the teams you look for in the tournament are those teams with, like, guys who've been there two, three, yeah. three four years. Yeah. Like, those are the teams, like, that, that seem to carry, like, deep into the tournament because they have, like, chemistry and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, maybe he could be a guy who could stick around for a while and, like, you know, build chemistry with, like other guys who, who you know at his level that you know they develop together or something right right um yeah he but he has a he has a good outside shot his handle is a little bit loose um uh but you know yeah he's he's tenacious he plays really hard and like you said he's got a little bit of swagger like even when even when they were announcing the starting lineups he was the last guy announced but he started like dan- <laughs> like he just started dancing a little bit like on the bench like swinging his shoulders and stuff yeah, like, before yeah. they even announced him so yeah he's a little bit cocky but that's good if you, when you're that good First of all, you've earned the right to be cocky, but also, you know, he's gonna need he's gonna need that swagger because Duke is Duke is one of those schools. They're talked about every single day on SportsCenter and ESPN. So, like, you need a really thick skin to play there. So, I think they have a good player, but he's he's more of a three or four year guy instead of a one and done. Yeah. Also, it seems like guys in that program don't like they they kind of get them in line a little bit too, like to not be too out of control, like in terms of like attitude or personality. Or right. Whatever, right. right. So, yeah. 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 It'll, it'll be interesting to see like what the program does with him or whatever, how he changes in the program. Oh, yeah. Coach, well, Coach K and his legendary foul mouth. Um, <laughs> cool. So the, the next kid we saw, Jeremy, was uh, was Caleb Love, the number 21 overall uh, recruit in the country uh, going to UNC. He's going to join a uh, good old boy Roy Williams at UNC. Aw, shucks. You know, had no idea his players... Uh, uh, never mind. I was going to say I had no idea his, his players were taking fake classes, but I don't. I, you know, I don't want to get into that. We might have some UNC fans uh, fans listening to this. It would be great if, like, you know, all these like college basketball uh, fans, like, um, you know, find us and like just fucking like like torch us. Yeah, when we're not even a basketball podcast. Right. right. Well, so, so Jeremy, one more thing I'm going to say about Duke is that uh, so I'm a big Marquette basketball fan. I've been following Marquette basketball since I was a kid. Uh, and we have uh, Coach Steve Wojciechowski, who coached uh, who coached under Coach K for 14 years before he came to Marquette. I think he mainly just wiped Coach K's butt for that <laughs> amount of time, sure. considering he he's gotten off to a very slow start at Marquette. Jeremy, if you want to make a Duke fan laugh, suggest that Wojo is the heir apparent to Coach K because it's not going to happen. Um, they're go- they'll find somebody who's not a pathetic weak sauce man to coach <laughs> to coach that team after K is done. Um, okay, so uh, so Caleb Love, uh, number twenty one recruit in the country, going to UNC. Jeremy, what did you think of Caleb Love? I mean, I I think he was the best looking player of the night. Yep. Um, he just had he just had like a next uh, like you know gear to him basically. Like I think like. For for all the things that DJ Stewart like looked like promising in, it almost seemed like Caleb Love kind of already had that yep. unlock. Mm-hmm. Um, outside shot, uh, outside game was really good. Like he was draining threes in in uh, warmups. I was watching. Yep, um, <clears throat> had a 
pretty cool, calm demeanor. Yep. Um, and uh, just I don't know. He seemed like he seemed like he wanted to like you know run that team. Like he yeah. like and he he knew it and like that's that that was his attitude on the court. Oh too. yeah. Um, but yeah, like just really solid, just like a big guy. Like he, like he had like a little bit more of the 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 you know the thickness or whatever that uh, that DJ Stewart maybe didn't have yet. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I he looked the best guy of the night. I would yeah. Say. Um. So Jeremy, first of all, I was surprised. Uh, so I, I will agree with you. Yeah, he was the best player we saw all night. Uh, you put it uh, better than I could have. What you know, what you thought DJ Stewart was going to be or might eventually be, like Caleb Love already was. Yeah. So, uh, you know, UNC fans, uh, you know, I, I I will tell you that he is a stud. A stud, I tell you. Yeah, he's he's really good. Yeah. Um, I, I was surprised <clears throat> to find out, so I, I looked at his 247 and his rival stuff, um, which are recruiting websites, and I, first of all, I was surprised that he was only listed as 6'3". He mm-hmm. looks he looks bigger than six three. Yeah. So we, uh, we mentioned that DJ Stewart doesn't really have an ACC ready body. Caleb Love does. Yeah. I mean, he looks he he's ready to come in and start at UNC day one. He's he's built. He's athletic. Um, and so he's listed on two four seven and rivals and even some articles I was reading about. And they're calling him a point guard, but he's not a point guard. No. Like, he wasn't even playing point guard for CBC. They had another guy who was like a really good ball handler who was doing it. Yeah. That's so right. Love was playing <laughs> off the ball. Um, pretty much the whole game, but uh, so he was listed as a as a point guard on all these sites. But he's uh, he's more of a he's more of a shooting guard. He's going to be ready to come in and play right away. Now, uh, Jeremy Marquette in the in the very last stages of recruiting a player named R.J. Davis, who's the stud uh, the stud scorer from New York, ended up losing. Who was a point guard ended up losing R.J. Davis to UNC. Now, when Caleb Love committed to UNC about a month and a half ago, Marquette fans were like, ooh, like, you know, Caleb Love, point guard, committed to UNC. That means R.J. Davis isn't going to want to go there because he's also a point guard. But Roy Williams had sort of convinced R.J. Davis that he wants to play, like, two point guards at the same time. But next year, like, the R.J. Davis kid is going to be the point guard, and this Caleb Love guy is going to be the shooting guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not a point guard. I think at the NBA, in the NBA, if he's only 6'3", his future is probably as a point guard, so he might need to learn how to do that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, his shooting, like you said, was out of this world. He was just bombing threes in the first quarter. I think he hit, like, two 25-footers. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, yeah, that's he was going way downtown. Yeah, yeah he was. He was. Um, and, the, like, the, just the shots were pure. He was swishing them. Um, I will say that, like, for some reason, he didn't start that game yeah i don't know what happened if like jeremy what were your, well, your I thought, hypotheses i thought maybe he might have like lipped off to the pilot on the way there or something <laughs> like, like what's, up, what's what's with all this turbulence man come on get yeah. us there you know yeah and it's like all right caleb you can't do that now you're gonna be sitting for the first you know two minutes or whatever yeah it wasn't yeah, and funnily enough it wasn't even two minutes so caleb no. Love, like wasn't starting he wasn't he didn't start the game when they announced the starting lineups i saw that he still had his warm-up uh jersey on and he was like given given mm. the five guys sitting on the bench like high fives and stuff and i was like what you know what he's not gonna play in this game like this is yeah. bullshit so but like you know for the at, at the 640 mark of the uh first quarter and they play eight minute quarters okay. in high school like the coach like tapped caleb love on the head and told him to get in there okay. i was like well, some you know some uh, some punishment that was, and then yeah. I don't think they ever took him out again. Yeah, I could see like they probably kicked the ball out of bounds so he could sub in right away. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, th- uh, th- this kid is just an absolute stud, uh, and he's got a scorer's mentality too, which is which is um, you know he- he's a scorer. He's just a straight up scorer. Um, at one point in the game, a technical foul got called at about half court on Morgan Park. I don't I don't know what happened, but this is, was in the second half. But like immediately, not two <laughs> seconds after that technical foul was called, Caleb. 
Love started like walking to the free throw line, like to take the free throws and like yeah. sort of bump, bumping his chest at the coach and being like, I'm going to take these. I mean, <laughs> folks, he wanted the points. He just wanted the two points. That's what he wanted. Uh, and I, I like it. He's trying to bring his scoring average up. Uh, Jeremy and I were looking uh, at uh, uh, a, a guy. Uh, we couldn't find any box scores anywhere for these games, but on yeah, Twitter, we saw. Yeah, on, on Twitter, mm-hmm. we saw that he, uh, Caleb Love, finished with 26 points, uh, which seemed about right to me. He led all scores for the three games we saw. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, UNC fans, I, I would bet that he's going to be a two and done. I don't think he's quite one and done, especially at 6'3, but he's, he's, he's two and done, uh, and he uh, he's going to start next year. He's a stud. Yeah, so, you know, and generally across the board, I, I do like prospect, you yeah. know, so this will be kind of cool, like, to follow. And I actually don't really like UNC either. Um, but it'll be cool to follow these guys mm-hmm. like next year and everything. So yeah, yeah that'll be that'll be neat. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and I I, I want to say Jeremy too. I was I was super excited because when you see a Duke recruit and a UNC recruit, I mean that's the top. That's the yeah. uh, to quote the movie The Mask. Like only the creme de la creme need apply. Like these are the best <laughs> the best kids in the country. Like it Jack, doesn't it doesn't get any better than that. Jack, so you're it, gonna lose us all our new listeners by quoting The Mask. <laughs> Please come on. Um, uh, okay, so the the last kid we saw. He was the number 32 player in the country. Uh, his name was Adam Miller. Again, Jeremy, uh, I was surprised that he was only listed as 6'3". Yeah. He looked like he was about 6'5 or 6'6". But yeah. I, what I thought was, like, you know, when you go to a college basketball game, the tallest players, you know, they're 6'9", 6'10". And then, like, even guys who are, like, 6'5", 6'6", look a little bit shorter. They just look like their average height. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> at, you know, at the high school level, most of these kids are just flat out shorter. So a guy who's 6'3", is going to look like he's 6'5", or 6'6". Who was that kid, the number zero? Uh, was he on, uh, what team was he yeah, on? Yeah, he was on, um, was he on Morgan Park or Simeon? Maybe it was, was Whitney Young. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I'm mixing all these games. J- Jeremy and I, I we watched five and a half hours of basketball. It, <laughs> it starts to blend together. But there, there was this one kid. He short was, kid. He was maybe about a five five or five six, and yeah. he hit some threes. Uh, he was taking some big shots, and yeah. uh, you know, good for good for him. I identified with him naturally, um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, but but again, I mean, I think he was like five six, but like. Yeah. Compared to those guys, but he could have been friggin' like I mean, he could have been our height. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, so so who knows? But um, but yeah, you know, was looking out for those guys. He he kind of had like a Tariq Cohen vibe uh, <laughs> to uh, to reference a, a Bears player, a small Bears player. But right. But yeah, so Adam Miller. Um, I you know he looked pretty solid too. Um, He's I a think, lefty, Jeremy. Another guy. Um, well, you might relate to him. You okay, know? there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think he kind of just to me he seemed kind of just like kind of all around like yep. solid game. Yep. Um, you know, uh, he seemed a little like stouter, I guess, than like than some of the other guys, but just like a solid body, I yep. guess, basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what do you think, Jack? Yeah, uh, so um, like you said, Jeremy, a really good all-around game. Uh, he's a, he's a good he's a good ball handler. So first of all, like he he has a Big Ten ready body. Like he can, he can contribute right away next year. Depend. I don't know what Illinois team is going to look like next year, yeah. but uh, I would. They don't usually pull down recruits or you know in the top thirty. So I'm guessing they promise the kid he's going to start next year, and he, he'll be ready for it. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, physically, he's ready to do it. Like you said, he's very solidly built. He's really solid with the ball. He's a really good ball handler he wasn't making a lot of mistakes uh he's very sure of himself he's got a nice outside shot he can take it to the basket and like he's confident he's confident as hell i mean naturally he was the gatorade player of the year in illinois last year yeah so like that's that's pretty uh that's pretty legit as a junior most of the time like you're not the gatorade player of the year until you're a senior so uh for a kid to have a chance to do it twice 
is really cool. I think maybe LeBron James did it like a, as a sophomore. But um, but yeah, and this kid's not LeBron James. But he uh, yeah, he looked really good. Illinois got themselves a nice player, or did they? Um, <laughs> so he uh, so he's going to Illinois. Um, he's from P- the Peoria area, and I think he transferred to Morgan Park last year, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, so he was offered. He would like Arizona wanted him. He was very being very heavily recruited by Arizona and oh, uh, Sean Miller, uh, who are possibly facing a lot of allegations. But I, I guess he he decided to um, to stay home. Yeah. Uh, but he has not signed his NLI yet, his uh, National Letter of Intent. Um, so he hasn't signed on the dotted line. So he's not officially going there, and he cannot do that now until April. The deadline for players to do that in the first semester of high school would have been November 20th. So he did He did not sign with Illinois. So okay. uh, so technically it's a non-binding commitment right how, now. How does that work? Is, is that like a kind of a thing like... Like holding out till like spring training or something. Yeah, so of? I was thinking he might be waiting for a better offer, like a like a Kansas or something like that. So, so if he like has a great season, it's yeah. possible someone can swoop in and, and steal him it, away from Illinois. It is, yeah. So okay. it's a, it's a non-binding offer, and that would be really shitty for Illinois. But it could possibly yeah. ha- it could it could happen once he signs his NLI. He can't get out of that unless like the coach leaves or gets fired, and then he can transfer anywhere he wants. But when he sa- once he signs his NLI. Unless the school decides to just let him out of it, which they probably wouldn't do, he would have to sit out a whole year before he played anywhere else. I believe only if he so, signed it. Well, I think it's only if he signed it. Now, okay. I, uh, there's probably people who like know the uh, the between the dot between the lines stuff of this, who are like, yeah, Jack, you, you know, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, That's not accurate. Regardless of what the the rules are, if he were to change at this point, there'd be a cre- there'd be like a legions of you know sub sub human cretins. Uh, that are Illinois fans who would probably like you know threaten to kill him or something. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, just the years and years of mediocrity yeah. uh, for their sports programs. You know, possibly being washed away by Adam Miller. Um, you know, <laughs> and not to be. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so yeah, we'll see where he ends up. Uh, but I, I think he's going to be a solid player regardless of where he ends up. And I, he looks like a Big Ten player to me. Um, Jack, one guy I want to talk about was um, <clears throat> a teammate of uh, uh, Caleb Love on uh, Christian Brothers, yeah. uh, Larry Hughes Jr. Uh, yeah. Was on that team. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of funny. We did so, like they introduced. This was one guy we didn't know because he's uh, was was he a sophomore? He was a sophomore, so he's yeah. a class of twenty twenty two kid. So he's still pretty young. Um, yeah, yeah. And so we, we he wasn't like you know in the write up about the team, or actually there really wasn't a write up about Christian Brothers because I don't think they're ranked. Yeah. Uh, even though they looked pretty damn good, they did. They did look um, good. I wonder what they're they are now. But we looked at a preseason ranking. They weren't they weren't on there, so we didn't know that this kid was there until they introduced him. And so it's funny. We did like this kind of like. We did this kind of like cheesy like eighties movie take where like they're like Larry Hughes Jr. and we looked at each other and we're like Larry Hughes Jr. Yeah, yeah. And then there were two guys behind us like not as old as this guy the you know uh, the the Bloom stand in front of us but like um, the guys behind us they were younger guys but he was definitely talking through us to them at some point um, but they were they started cracking up and I thought they were laughing at us uh-huh. but they were just laughing about the concept of Larry Hughes Jr.'s son playing right and at one point they they were like they were kind of dogging on him and like when when you actually saw him and they're like. Man, he looks like Larry Hughes too. Big head, big ears. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny how they were ragging on him, and um, you know, and then like he like was taking a bunch of like three pointers and a, th- yep. a bunch of like uh, you know uh, 
deep uh, jumpers and stuff, and they're like, yeah, he plays like Larry Hughes too, just chucking the ball or whatever. Yeah, well, he did. Yeah. The kid had the kid had no conscience about <laughs> about chucking up shots. Yeah. Uh, I will say one thing those guys behind us said about Caleb Love. Uh, it was after like he hit like his third three of the quarter in the first quarter, and like uh, like I I think I turned around to those guys and I told them that he was going to UNC, oh, yeah. and then they were like, oh man, yeah, he's coming off screens like a motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was yeah like, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, he made a really nice uh, shot off the top, at the top of the key, he like did. off of the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that uh, was pretty impressive to see. It was, um, but yeah, Larry Hughes Jr. will be interesting to see where he ends up. I, I'm, you know, gonna guess he goes. Uh, he's gonna be a high major player, and obviously his dad has a lot of really good connections. Um, his dad <clears> also young. went to the same school too. We should, yeah, he we went to the note. same school, so it'll be interesting to see if Larry Hughes Jr. goes to DePaul. I don't think that's probably gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah, Larry Hughes uh, in a game at the Bradley Center many years ago. I think Larry Hughes was a one and done at DePaul. He scored 40 points against Marquette. So, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was a good player, too. Uh, but, yeah, that was strange to see him. Um, uh, yeah, so there, there were a couple of other things that, uh, that happened in the game. There was a really good player for Duncanville. His name was uh, Damon Nicholas. Uh, he okay. ended up scoring 20 points for uh, for Duncanville. He was about 6'3", 6'4", probably, being recruited only by Oral Roberts. But Dude. he's a twenty. He's a twenty twenty one kid. The wife, she he was uh, so the wife of uh, Front Porch Napoleon. Uh, <laughs> she he was her favorite player of the night. Okay, yeah, yeah. She kept talking about him. So that's um, my boy. That's my boy right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was this weird like almost fight, and in, in like the first quarter of the Morgan Park game, like very quickly into like maybe like four minutes into the game or something. Yeah, like like it, it like things started getting a little chippy, and one guy got in another guy's face on defense, and there was like a common foul. And then the two the two player the Morgan Park player and the Christian Brothers player just got into it. Yeah, they were kind of like scrumming for the ball or whatever, and like you know they were doing that thing where like they they like they're kind of like throwing their elbows like yeah. like trying to wrestle the ball away, and like I think just there was just like one too many like you know, kind of tussles, and they kind of, like, got in each other's face, got pushed each other, and then, like, just, like, it happened so fast, um, and we were, like, we were about center court, like, maybe 10, 12 rows up, maybe a little more than that, and, like, so but we had a great shot of the court, and, like, they got into this tussle, and, like, the benches cleared, and, like, like red, there were like four red streaks from each corner of the of the court, and they were like uh, the security guards, uh, and they just like they just ran out there, um, and it was it just happened so fast. It did, um, and uh, people were saying like, yeah, this guy threw a punch, whatever, and like he should be kicked out, and like uh, they ended up ejecting one guy from each team. Yep. Um, and I think the guy who was ejected from Morgan Park was like better than the guy who was ejected from from Christian Brothers, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so it had a bigger impact on them. Uh, but uh, it was just kind of chaos for a while there as, like, things were kind of, like, being sorted out. The refs, like, went over to press row and were, like, talking to, like, the scorers and stuff and trying yeah. to figure out who was going to get kicked out or not. At some point during this, the whole the whole uh, fracas, uh, two, was it two guys? Yeah. There were two guys who stood up who were on the far end of the court uh, across from us sitting in the first row courtside. Um Plain clothes guys just stood up. They looked like you know, just random like dudes. Like uh, like one guy was wearing a camo jacket, yeah, and like jeans, and just looked like like regular like street clothes. And uh, another guy dressed not too unsimilar, and they were like standing like on the court basically. They were standing up like like they, like they had some sort of interest 
in, yeah. in the, the the situation. Yeah, and they were just they were in the front row. They had the Jack Nicholson at a Lakers game seats. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, so we didn't know if they were fans or what. The guy in the camo jacket was he was a big dude. He was maybe six five or six six. Yeah, they, they were so normal looking, like they didn't look like security at all. That we speculated that that guy might have been Larry Hughes Jr.'s dad. <laughs> right, it might have yeah, been Larry Hughes himself. Yeah, yeah, something but it like probably that. wasn't. He seemed like bigger than Larry. Yeah, Hughes he was. seemed like too big to have been a former basketball player. This guy was built like an offensive lineman. But he was like, you know, when coaches get uh, technicals for being too far on the court, like this guy was in like that zone. I oh, think, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so like, so yeah, it was weird. So, um, so that was during that, that little scrum. Uh, and then uh, it was a bit of a precursor to something else that would happen later that also involved the camo jacket guy, which we'll get to uh, a little bit later on, right? Yeah. I will say one more thing about that fight. Uh, yeah. Caleb Love like got, got involved in it at one point, yeah. and he actually he put up his dukes uh, like he was going to fight. Sometimes <laughs> somebody held him back. But yeah, like right. if, if Roy Williams uh, had been there, I guarantee you he would not have done that. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, right. yeah, uh, you know, Caleb Love, like, I busted you. That happened. I saw it. Um, <laughs> I, I thought one thing that was funny after the fight, um, because, like, because it was weird, because that was the last game of the night. We were debating whether or not, like, how long we were going to stick around. And, like, that kind of, that kind of, like, kind of enlivened the whole night and everything. And uh, I at that point, I was like, yeah, we should stay for this whole game just yeah. to see what else, if something else happens. Um Right after, um, well, so that happened. They were um, trying to sort out who was ejected and whatnot. And so the people, the PA started playing uh, that song, Apache, um, uh, that like hip hop song. That doom, 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 Tonto, jump on it, jump on it. And I'm yeah. like, this is like the perfect song to play to kind of like, you know, let some steam out of the, the, the arena <laughs> or whatever. So people were like getting up and dancing and stuff and kind of like, it kind of like diffused the situation or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then like play resumed and then there was like a hard foul right after that. And I'm like, oh, are they going to go again? But I think they kind of like got it out of their system with that like yeah. hard foul. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, it toned down for the rest of there and they just got down to basketball. Yeah. I, um, then I, I, like the CBC coach and the other, the coach for, uh, uh, Morgan Park were both involved with talking to the refs, and I saw them like shake hands after the oh, yeah. after all of it happened. Yeah. But the uh, there was one point um, near the end of the game. The CBC coach was kind of a character. I could I could see how he would discipline <laughs> his best player for like he, you know he looked like an Air Force coach, and they were they were called yeah. the cadets. Like he kind of had like a vibe of like a like a you know a military school type of guy. He, he certainly did, and he was he was very vocal about yelling at his players during the game. Um, I'll say this, that uh, team, uh, Christian Brothers, with about four minutes, uh, six minutes left to go in the game, they were down by 11 points, and they came back and, like, took the lead. Uh, yeah. That game ended up going into overtime. Um, so, like, credit to them and credit to that coach for, like, they were kind of dead in the water near the end of that game, and they got back in it. But there was one point near the very end. It was with about two minutes left. And, Jeremy, this is just one of those things that you kind of pick up on when you go to a lot of basketball games. But, like, just like uh, how Caleb Love going to the free throw line like that. It's just kind of something you, like, you learn to see. But the, uh, the, the, the Christian Brothers coach was not happy about something. He was yelling at the refs to the point where, like, his assistant – his assistant coaches had to like hug him and like bring him back to the bench. It yeah. was all very dramatic. Yeah. But like you know, you uh you go to enough basketball games, like you see that happens almost once a game. Like a coach will have to like he'll like try to make a point and then like his assistants will hold him back. Yeah, for, uh, for sure. Yeah. It's like, you know, the guy had no he had no intention of making any making it anything more than that. But that's just that, that that's always kind of a ridiculous move to me anytime you like have to get held back in an argument or a fight. Yeah. Uh, exactly. R- ridiculous. But almost yeah. choreographed. Right, right. 
Um, yes, yeah, so let's talk about the atmosphere a little bit, Jeremy. This was from, uh, this is your first trip to Wintrust Arena. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it was cool. Um, I mean, okay, so being a, like a lifelong Chicagoan, the, the fact that like a new stadium was built in the city is pretty significant. Yep. Um, and I remember when they were he- like hearing about it being built, like people ragged on like uh, DePaul's situation for, for playing. Like, I don't know if they had like some kind of like on campus like arena at any point, but. In recent years, they had been playing at the Rosemont Horizon, which yeah, that, is they, they had been playing there for since the '80s. I think. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if they've really well it, for, since Rosemont was built. They've been playing there for a long, long time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, you know, the Allstate Arena is what it's been called yep. recently. But um, uh, but but yeah, and so like they got this stadium, and so like it was nice. It's kind of it's it's a little. F- south um of the city and even of like the downtown and definitely of the DePaul campus um but i mean there's nowhere else to build a basketball stadium in the city so no. they built it out uh by the McCormick place which is a convention center um and uh yeah i mean it's kind of like and i had never been there since it's been, it's been open like two years two three yeah, years yeah i think it's been at uh, DePaul's played like two seasons there i okay. want to say yeah so um like I was just curious to see it in general. Um, and then, so yeah, you get off and like that area over by like the South Loop by a McCormick Center. Like, so McCormick Center, like, or McCormick Place is the place where they have like the auto show and like, uh, I'm trying the to The comic book convention. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Comic Con is there. Like, all, like, whenever anything big there. Like, I know the New York has like the Javits. Uh, Javits Center. Um, so uh, it's just like the big uh, convention center for the city. And so like, you know, there and there was talk about actually tearing that thing down. Maybe they actually might still be doing it. It's but not like, that old, is it? I don't think so. But I, I mean, yeah. it's been it's been around since I was a kid. I remember oh, going okay. to the auto show there as a little yeah. kid. So um, uh, but uh, that whole area is kind of being built up. And like the South Loop is kind of like a cool place to be nowadays. And uh, Soldier Field isn't too far away from there. Um, but you get off the train and you start walking and like, you don't really see it right away until you like get past, like get off of like the main drag, uh, Michigan Avenue a little bit. And, um, then it kind of just pops up there and like, it looks like, you know, a legit stadium. Like I was saying, it kind of reminded me of seeing the outside of the Bradley center in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's a beautiful exterior of the building and you go inside and it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a very nice basketball stadium, especially for college stadium. Like, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a modern looking stadium. Yeah. Um, it, it modern looking in the sense too, that like now the thing, uh, with like basketball stadiums are being built, like where you can sort of walk around the main concourse and there's no walls, obstructing your view so even when you go up to get snacks and stuff you can still see the action going on which is very cool something about like the bradley center or a lot of those old arenas that were built you know in the late 80s early 90s that like you know you would go out in the concourse you were totally blocked off and then that's how it is at like the white Sox stadium too you know um so that yeah that's a nice uh uh uh, actually no Sox stadium isn't like i don't know yeah wrigley's like that wrigley's wrigley's like that That, that's what i meant so it's it's nice when uh the that basketball stadiums are being designed like that now yeah um, for sure uh, so so yeah that, that was something that really impressed me when i first uh went there um and yeah it's it's the seats are pretty close to like uh to the to the the court so we yeah. had really good seats but it didn't really seem like there was a bad seat in the house at least in the first deck probably not yeah if, yeah if you were even if you were in the upper deck like yeah it seems kind of like on top of the the court like kind of like soldier field like yeah. i feel like you're you're kind of closer to the field even if you're high up so right um uh 
I know some a couple people who didn't have good seats uh, because they were in the process of being kicked out. Uh, yeah, there. It seemed like when we walked into the door, Jack, uh, something had just gone down. Yeah, and uh, like there were two girls like going down the escalator like fast, and there was like a security guard behind them, and uh, then there was like a bunch of security guards behind them. And uh, these girls just like kind of like ran out the the door basically, like ran out the side door, and then like there were a bunch of security guards on there like walkie talkies, like kind of saying like, oh yeah, they're kicked out or something, or like yeah. you know they left the they left the the building or whatever. And, and then there was this one woman who didn't look like oh, she was a security yeah. guard, yeah, right, but I right, think right. she was saying not here. Yeah, is that like, what she said? She's like, walk them to the door, not here. Like yep. like you know that doesn't happen here or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was I, for, I almost forgot about that, but yeah, she was. Um, yeah, she was kind of uh, trying to set the tone for the, this event. Yeah. It's going to be a nice, clean family event, I right. guess. Right. So I, uh, yeah, and it yeah, set the tone for us too, Jeremy, because I, that was, uh, you know, I'm not used to being around that many high schoolers. And yeah, right. I'll say this, like walking through the concourse, going to the bathroom, the vending stand, whatever, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I was like this in high school, but like high schoolers don't watch where the fuck they're going when they walk places. No. You know? Yeah. So you gotta like, you know, you got kids like just walking like backwards or just yeah. like, just like walking like zombies where they're not looking out for other people that are coming towards them. I don't know if that's just a skill you learn as you become an adult, but like I had to like, it, just, it was madness. I just had to maneuver <laughs> myself. I can't imagine what it must be for like high school teachers to try to like get through hallways. Yeah. Just a bunch of kids who don't know like who aren't looking where they're going yeah honestly i kind of do like a running back thing and i kind of if, if so i'm a high school teacher i'm a, i'm so we were saying like yeah i'm i i am around high school kids uh, a lot not i've i've taught in schools before but i teach at like an art center that's how that's how jeremy knows things like uh, being a stan <laughs> yeah <know>? exactly exactly yeah. um so um uh, but honestly, like a lot of times, like kids are in the way of the front door when I come into like my building, and yeah. I'll just like kind of, I'll, I'll kind of put my hand on their back and kind of guide them out of the way. Right, right. And I yeah. think that you just have to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, and I was also, I could also see like just intimidating, just being around all those kids, like sheer number of kids. There was a lot of high school kids there. Yes. Yeah. Um, which makes sense because it was a high school basketball day of, of, of games. But, uh, but yeah, so it was weird. So like, I was trying to think about like, um, the breakdown because you would see some like, like nerdy basketball fans who were there to see like the prospects or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just funny to see like the balance of like, just high school kids and then people who were there to like you know for like the the pro the prospecting or whatever oh yeah yeah and there were the those the people who were there to see the prospects like stuck out like a sore thumb yeah for sure oh uh, yeah a lot of them like us probably pretty nerdy looking but also yeah. dressed like there were like you know uh there, there was one guy who was it was like he was dressed in a hoodie and he was in press row but it was like you know uh, like prephoops.com his his uh, his thing said oh, which was right. actually pretty That's good right. swag for like his whatever website uh, he was he was running yeah. Um, but yeah so it, but it was uh, the ratio was probably about like 10 to 1 like 10 yeah. high school kids for every one nerdy guy who's there to see the prospects I would say so yeah um so Jeremy, there was something that was very confusing about the, the this event that I did not understand. Uh -huh. uh, I alluded to the the Nike Lounge, I think it was yes, called, or yes. something. Um, <clears throat> so it was basically like this uh, this cordoned off uh, vending stand and like uh, area with tables. Uh, yeah, it's hard to explain. It was yeah. like it was like um, like I know White Sox have these like little areas these like little nooks or something like where like kids can play like like there's like the fundamentals thing and then there's like this like 
there's a place where you can like throw like a fast pitch or whatever. This was like, yeah, it was it was like a sectioned off thing. But it seemed to me that the only benefit of being in there, like there was just a food stand. Yeah, it was and they a, had a couple different items than the main food stand. Yeah, made. and there was also like a vending machine that looked like it may have sold chicken fingers. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I was looking closer at that because yeah, there was a there was a vending machine with a bunch of white boxes in. Yes, there. Yes, that was the one I was I was referring. to. I looked at it closer, Jack, and I think that it was I because there was one next to us in the row. And I, I thought that there may have been just like toy basketballs in there. Oh, like were there like, really? So it like, wasn't like like tennis ball size, like squeeze ball. That that was my guess, but could have been. I don't yeah. think it was a food thing. All right, all right. But then I also think that it was just like a giveaway for this event specifically. It was confusing. Yeah. But yeah, so like there was like I don't know. There was like a mat on the ground. Like it looked like maybe like like. It was a green like mat on the floor, like covering this whole area, which was like a big area. Um, and there were people, and the reason, Jack, why you thought like you couldn't go there is because there were people standing by the entrance. There, there was like like the uh, the I forgot what it's called, but that like the the like thing at the bank, the, the stanchion. Yeah, like yeah. a stanchion, like like blocking off most of it. And then there was like an entrance where like two people could walk side by side, basically in one in one out. And uh, there was someone standing there like with like a Chicago Elite Classic shirt yeah. on or there was a couple people like that and they were like looking at people were showing them their phones and going in there and like they were like looking at it and like nodding and like pointing them in and so like it seemed like you had to have like a pass to get into that little section um but seriously the only thing that that happened once you got past there was like there was a stand to order pizza yeah slices. and so jack so you you saw and you just like kind of well, what happened was I, I tried so i tried to go in there to get my soda and then like one of those guys like stood in my way and i was like whatever this guy wants for like a pass i'm sure i don't have yeah because like, all i have is my ticket and he, it, he did he he like stood in a way to block you yeah he, st- he physically stood in my way to block me and then like That's weird and it, can, it can't be like everybody with a ticket can go in there because it's like everybody would be able to go in there yeah so there must be some extra tier of stuff so like that's why i didn't even say anything to him i just turned around i, I you know because i was like yeah, it's not worth it i'll just go to the other vending stand. yeah all i want is a soda but like you know they were uh they, they probably lost money by not letting giving more people access to that vending stand. Well, so, so so Jack, I should say that okay. So the first time when I got up um, after I wasn't able to get up during uh, halftime there <laughs> the first game, uh, I uh, I walked over to the the normal food stand and I you know sussed it out whatever, um, and then uh, and I looked at the Nike thing because I'm like I'm gonna get in there and I looked and I'm like eh whatever and I just went to the other stand. Then I got up later uh, after like maybe the first game or after the second game or whatever, and I I just walked right in. There was like, oh, really? some, yeah, there was someone like looking there. The person might have been looking at someone's phone and I just like walked past. Um, so I got in. I think, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you just got to look like you belong. Right. And then you can get in. And so I did. I was determined to just get in and like I was going to ask someone, but like I saw an opening. So I just went in and I got in uh, and then I was looking around and like, yeah, straight up there was just like they had um, nachos with like better toppings and yeah. they had pizza slices and that was it. Okay. That was the only thing that was different. Uh, for, and some, for some reason, the sodas were only three dollars. Yeah. But then I saw people walking around with cans, and I'm like, "Are they charging three dollars for a can of soda?" Mm. So I don't really know. And like, I, I'm like, I'm like, I was thinking like, I don't really want anything, but if I think I might want something, I should get it because I might not be able to get back in. Uh, and I just just made the decision like I don't need anything here, so I, I got out. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was just odd. And the other thing about it was <clears throat> when I was looking up the. Um, 
Wintrust Arena before I went there, I saw something about like, be sure to check out the Nike uh, Cafe or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So it's sponsored by Nike. Um, Well, maybe they have some like fancy foods there or something. Uh, And Nike is like, you know, branding this like this, this eatery and maybe it's like a higher level of food. So I'm like, I want to check there to see what they have. Maybe I could get something good. And then when you get there, it's like it was like Nike written in like weird like bubble like letters that look like hand drawn. And it's like it did not look like an official Nike sponsored. Am I wrong? Yeah, like, no, no, it, it really didn't. No, yeah. it looked like someone just drew like Nike food stand or whatever it was yeah, called. Yeah, like, yeah, Nike will never find out about this. Let's just do it. Let's yeah, just it was say it's Nike. Really weird. Um, yeah. it like so like I don't know. I really don't know what was up with the Nike cafe or whatever the fuck it was called yeah um so uh it would be interesting to go to another game and see what it's like then because it also seemed like there were doors where you couldn't walk through it or something here's the thing so i i went to when my previous trip to Wintrust was uh in february to see marquette take on depaul um uh, it was a road game for marquette and uh the tickets were courtesy of a former guest and probably future guest uh mark rosenthal yeah um uh so been like mark uh had like passes uh to this area so that like it's still cordoned off um, oh he had passes to that yeah and he like he like the tickets we got uh which were courtesy of his sister like got um uh like they had like access to everything so like i think it's called like the the demon deck or something okay. at those games. Okay. But, like, you do need another pass to get in there. Now, at the Paul games, they have, like, a really nice spread of, like, it was, like, beef. And, like, they got, you know, they got a guy, like, actually cutting a slab of beef, like, okay. with the knife. Yeah, so the it's more like it. Yeah, it's more <laughs> like uh, it's, like, catered. Okay. So it's actually nice. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. So you think that they just called it the Nike Cafe for this event? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not always <laughs> that. It's like the demon. Yeah. So, That's really funny. Okay, well, yeah. this... Uh, honestly, this could be the great mystery of, uh, you know, I don't know what would happen to start the brawl of uh, things were said. Um, this could be the bigger mystery of the whole night, the Nike Cafe, whatever the hell this thing was. Right. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, so speaking of brawls, um, there was the brawl on the court uh, in the Morgan Park uh, Christian Brothers game. But uh, so the game uh, ended uh, at a, as a tie in regulation uh, after four quarters. And um, on the concourse near the far end of the court, um, right as they were about to like, uh, well, they were like, they were like, um, it was intermission between the fourth quarter and the first overtime. <clears throat> um, a brawl broke out uh, on the concourse. Yeah, and like hundreds of high school kids just like seem to be jumping on each other. Yes, uh, I got a little bit of video of it, but um, now I'm trying to think. It uh, did I. It didn't end up on the Instagram. I'm trying to think. I think I just recorded it on my phone. Okay. Um. So I I, I should I should upload that. But um. But and then like you know it it's, it it almost seemed like theatrical more than anything. Like yeah. And and I'm not you know I am a high school teacher, but I'm not in the schools. I'm not uh super in tune to like when fights break out. But like it almost seemed like it was staged. Like it's like all right. At the end, of, and the kids probably thought that that was the end of the game or something. Yeah. So like at the end of the game, we're gonna brawl yeah. and like. So they like it seemed like they just all jumped on each other and like some kids would like so the kids at the edge of the circle like some kid turned around and was just like dancing or whatever yeah. and like I heard someone say like oh look he's dancing or whatever yeah um and it just kind of and then of course security guards like there was the security guards who were down by courtside had to like run up the stairs go at them and it was just a it was just a melee like a fracas like of like because 
all the, the 10 to 1 high school kids who were there, um, just it was just a big like sea of humanity. Yeah. And it seemed like it kind of just got pushed out the front door or yeah. whatever. Well, um, it's weird. I, so I was like, this is another uh, reminder of like the fact that we are at a high school event. Like It wouldn't yeah. be like a high school football or basketball game if there wasn't some kind of like uh, fight happening. Because yeah. that, you know, that would happen at like our high school football games. Sure, too. yeah. There would be fights between kids. Yeah, I, especially if there were like rival like in-town, in-city schools like against each other. Like, right. I imagine that these things happen a lot at at high school games no matter where you are in the country. Yes, absolutely. Um so yeah, like you said, uh, uh Jeremy like like 20 30 security guards just swarmed this area. Uh-huh, yeah. uh, and it was actually taken care of fairly quick. Yeah. Uh, I, I was watching the players on yeah, the court though. For sure. And they just they almost didn't seem to care it about was, what was happening. It was near the Morgan Park bench yeah. and they were like huddling up probably to talk strategy for the overtime and like a couple of them like were like looking up like what's go- what the hell's going on yep. over there but they're like uh i guess we gotta just focus on basketball here or whatever. yeah 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 so um it was just an odd scene and so then like you know like the every, so people on court took notice and they were like looking up and uh you know so larry hughes senior yeah like, uh, <laughs> fake larry hughes senior yeah in fake the camo larry jacket. hughes senior in the camo jacket like walks over to the scorers table so yeah. at this point like, we knew that um, he was somebody. He must have been, like, the head of security or the guy who was running the event or something. Yeah, but, I'm guessing that he was, like, um, part of, like, a sponsorship. or Like, he was, like, the head of some co-sponsor or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, and so he was with, like, him and another guy who had a radio, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he, that guy had a radio on him. They were talking at the scorer's table, and they were also talking with the refs for a brief time. And I think they were trying to decide, like, if they should just call the game. Yeah. They, that, this was the, the the break between regulation and overtime. Yeah, he was pointing up to the, the where the fight was, and he was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't yep. know. Like, like he was, like, shaking his head, like, kind of almost like, like, if this is going to happen, we should just close it. Like, yep. just shut it down or whatever. But, uh, yeah, this, I mean, yeah, so this guy was like, yeah, all the way across the court, and then like he was just kind of like you know, like you know, slowly ambled back to his seat yeah. when they decided to like carry on with the game or whatever. I mean, again, it, this is a, something where like nobody really seemed to give a shit that this happened, or like nobody was surprised. Like I was even watching the referees too, and they weren't even really looking at the fight. Like yeah, nobody at was. Point, at some point, they were like chuckling to each other, about, yeah, you know, and not about the fight. They're just something else. Like right. they, they moved on or whatever. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and so who this guy was, we don't know. We can only speculate. Um, what the Nike Cafe was, who knows? Maybe that was his idea, you right? Know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was, it was odd. It was odd. Yes. Another oddity of this event, right? I well, would say. Th- there was some good side entertainment too. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 not wide in its in its uh, like variety, no. but. Uh, it, they definitely went to the well quite often with this one yeah. little thing that they did. And this was kind of annoying, Jeremy. So, you know, during timeouts, uh, like they do, they would show, they would just do scan shots of the crowd. Yeah, um, for sure. And so whenever somebody, they would catch somebody like texting on their phone, they would flash a graphic on the scoreboard that said no texting. Yeah, no um, texting cam. Yeah the, yeah, the no texting cam. Now, here's my problem with this promotion, Jeremy, is that uh-huh. like, you're busting people for texting during timeouts, but like <laughs> yeah, that's right. when you're supposed to be texting during a during a basketball game. Yeah, for sure. What, what else? What else are you supposed to do during yeah. a timeout, especially when there's no entertainment going on in the court? You know, some, when you do like a higher level of basketball, uh, college, NBA, you know, you get the the dance team out there, like some promote. They'll have like a little, promotion where a guy kids. does like a half yeah. court shot. Exactly. And here, there was nothing going on. No. So you're telling me I can't? What am I supposed to do besides text? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, truly a salient point there jack yeah. like like yeah they, yeah it, it just it 
it was just an excuse to try to make people look dumb. But 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 totally, that was like you know, and maybe those people were watching the game and then would go to their phone. Like they don't know; they're just busting them at that particular moment. Yeah. Um. But that was the only thing that they had. Other than that, like there was no kiss cam. There was no. Uh, like a uh, person sleeping or something like like all it was was shots of teenagers who would see themselves and like start dancing or um or like someone like who may have picked up their phone for one second and got busted by the no texting cam <laughs> um but seriously like it was um it was mostly teens dancing and i i will say at least like those are the kind of people who should see themselves on a camera and get excited right you know when you go to white Sox game it's like a 50 five-year-old like electrician or a plumber who sees himself he's like hey look at me whatever and like uh you know his butt crack is probably hanging out like if he were to turn around um and they freak out but like i admit that like a a fucking 16 year old kid who sees themselves on the big screen that they they're allowed to you know to freak out about being on the screen or whatever so there were a couple of funny um takes that happened from some of these kids um one kid, uh, they showed showed her on screen, and she totally flashed the middle finger. Nice. And the camera, like, jerked away really quick. Yeah. But it only jerked away, like, to two people, f- two people further down from her, who was a guy who was with her, or maybe he was in the front row, or a row in front of her. And he was just, like, looked dazed. He was like, ugh. <laughs> and he looked dazed, like, his eyes got all big. And, like, I feel like the camera guy was like, uh, that guy's weird, too, you know? <laughs> so then they went back to the girl who had flicked, flicked the middle finger. <laughs> so, like, they went, to, they, they, middle finger ah get it off they pan to another guy they show some guy and he's like Ugh, his eyes are all big and they're like ah too weird go back to the middle finger girl like what if she shows her middle finger again whatever at least she's not as weird as the, the guy with the big eyes and so they went back to her and then she was just like uh okay what now you know what do i do yeah and uh so then they cut away to uh from her or whatever um then later on in the game they they cut to uh it's always fun when they find like two people who are totally by themselves and there's no one else in the shot yeah so they cut to like a couple uh like a, a kid a boy and a girl and like they cut to this this kid and he was wearing like a white hoodie or something and they cut to him and as soon as he saw himself on screen he like jumped up and ran out almost like he didn't want to be caught like being on camera or whatever right and then, like the girl got up and reluctantly ran after him i don't know if it was like a bit that he was planning to do but, but then what happened was he came back to his seat and then they showed him again <laughs> and he ran <laughs> off again off and then again. the girl followed him again yeah yeah it was it was kind of funny like yeah. uh if, if it was a bit like uh I think I think it, I think it was like a it was an unplanned bit, which mm-hmm. was uh, I think it, it rang it was pretty funny. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, uh, there were weird halftime presentations between each game where they were uh, honoring like uh, honoring like model citizens or whatever. One was like a rapper, uh, and his name was like I couldn't tell if it, his name was like K Tall or K Tal uh-huh. or something. But I I just it just made me think of um, the name of my. Uh, in 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 my Spanish class in high school, uh, the name of my Spanish textbook was called K Tal. Wow, which is like uh, what's up? I think I think that's what it translates to or something. But I'm, I'm sure that there's other people out there who had the same Spanish textbook. But uh, by all accounts, this rapper's name was also K Tal or K Tal yeah. or something. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was that was kind of funny. The rest of them were just weird. And then there was like. Uh, a woman from the Chicago elite classic who would like pose with them, even though she wasn't with them. Like this like older lady with like white hair or whatever in a staff jacket. And it just, it, it was just odd. 
Uh, I don't know. Um, the other uh, thing that I wanted to mention about the uh, the entertainment was uh, later on in the game they played Michael Jackson, and uh, people were like digging it. So I guess he wasn't canceled. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought he had been canceled. Yeah, I guess not at the Chicago Elite Classic. Um, Michael <laughs> Jackson uh, is still beloved there. Um, so I thought that was interesting, but uh, but yeah. Um, so other than that, like I mean, the 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 texting cam, like the, the the shots that they would show were like they were amusing, but there wasn't like there was no like uh, variety to it or or like style to it. It was just like show people and that's it. And occasionally they would put up the no texting thing. Yeah. So I don't know. It was interesting, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's a hell of, hell of a deep cut, Jeremy, for you to remember your high school Spanish textbook. The yeah, name of it. Okay, I tell. mean, that got that must have been over twenty years ago. That's hey, a good. That's a good call. Right into the show if you uh, if you also had K Tal as your uh, Spanish textbook. <laughs> well, uh, so we the, the whole event wrapped up about uh, eleven p.m. So we were there for a long time. That that third game went overtime, yeah. which uh, for the purposes of us getting home was probably the worst case scenario. But we made the decision to stay for all of it, and I'm glad we did. It was a, a great event. It's really cool to see those those top kids play, yeah, and uh, sure. we actually ended up making good time getting home too. Yeah, definitely. Um, now there's one more one more little story. Jeremy wasn't involved <laughs> with this one, but it's uh, kind of a, puts a nice bow on the end of the yeah, night. This is so, a world premiere for me too. Yeah, folks. yeah, yeah. Jeremy hasn't heard this story yet. So we uh, so so the event started. Uh, we got there, I should say, at five thirty, which is kind of a weird time, and it, it ended at eleven. So like it's like right between you know a little. Dinner, like there was no real good opportunity to eat like a dinner. I, so, I made sure to like kind of have a, a big lunch because yep. I didn't want to get hungry during the game. Yeah, so I actually, Jeremy, before I met you, I met Jeremy uh, downtown at his work in the Loop, and then we we went to Wintrust. Uh, so I got like Chipotle at like I ate at like four fifteen ish, and uh, so I just ate something. And then I, I met you there, so I was hungry when we got home. It was about it was about midnight because yep. we were there till eleven. So I was hungry. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't have uh, any, any like food in my house because I, I hadn't gone to the grocery store in a, in about a week. So I, I just went to like Seven Eleven because that was the only thing that was open. Sure. So I walked, uh, walked a couple blocks to Seven Eleven after Jeremy and I parted from the Brown Line. Now at this Seven Eleven, Jeremy, you've, you've probably been in this Seven Eleven before, but there's like this kind of nerdy looking guy who okay. works there sometimes. Okay. And like to be honest with you. This guy's always kind of been an asshole to me. Or like, I'll ask him for a bag and stuff, and like, I always have to ask him twice. Like, he's just kind of surly to I th- me. I think I know who this guy is. Yeah. He's like kind of a skinnier guy. Yeah, he's too. like kind of a skinnier yeah. guy. Um, he's just I've never like I've always had kind of a fucking chip on my shoulder about the guy. Like, he's uh-huh. just never been super nice to me. So so anyway, I'm in this Seven Eleven, and of course it's it's midnight on a Saturday night. So there's just like you know there's these three drunk people in here. They're, they're about you know probably about in their thirties, you know, our age. Um, so they, it's, it's two guys and, uh, and a woman and they're, they're all, they're all wasted. And so they're, uh, you know, I, I bought like a microwave burrito and they, they were in front of me and they were, they were doing their transaction. Their transaction was they were buying like a 30 pack of Modelo beer and then mm. like another six pack of something as well. And they were already <laughs> really drunk. Nice. So it was one of those things <clears throat> that like, you know, they were like buying the stuff and whatever and you know you you're behind them and all of a sudden you realize that this transaction is just taking way longer than like it it should need to you know yeah. because these people were were super drunk so anyway like they finished the transaction and then uh, the the woman she goes you know, she had like a really annoying Chicago accent and uh-huh. she's like oh I want one of those tequilas for the road 
Yeah, like you know, like yeah, because they, they have the bottles like you know back there, oh, and Jesus. then she was like, "Oh, I just I want one for the road," and like uh, and like her boyfriend that like you know one of the guys must have been just a, a friend, third wheel, and then there was like a guy who was her boyfriend, and he was like, "What do you mean for the road? Like we're going where we're going is two minutes away," and she's <laughs> like, "She's like, no, no, I want one. Like give me one, like to the Seven Eleven guy." And now that like, clearly these people had already been overserved. But like the Seven Eleven guy was like, you know, he sold him beer. But then he 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 said no. He said no. He's like, no, I'm not going to give you that. And she's like, why not? And and he's like, it's closed. And she goes, and then so she starts putting up a big fight. And then oh, like her Jesus boyfriend was Christ. like, hey, come on, come on, let's let's go. And she's like, no, no, fuck this guy. And then the guy goes, shut up. And just looks at her. And just fucking stares at daggers at her. Now, it was like a it was like a record stopped in that 7-Eleven. Because there were other shoppers too. You could have heard a pin drop after that happened. And you know, that's one of those moments where like, you know, the boyfriend in that situation would like puff out his chest and be like, hey, you can't talk to her like that. But yeah. even he like didn't yeah. say anything. That yeah, was just sure. like the exact right thing to say at that moment he just like <laughs> shut this woman down and yeah. instead of putting up like an argument yeah i think eventually after a few moments of silence probably five seconds of silence which is a long which is a long time um one of the guy like the the other guy the third wheel was just like hey come on let's get out of here and then so they all like all three just like slinked out of there yeah and then i like i bought my burrito but i was like but like the, this guy like it like it humanized this guy for me, you know, who had never been like, you know, because I've seen this guy a sure, lot. Sure. I go to that go to that Seven Eleven a lot, and like I had never, uh, <laughs> like you know, it, it this this guy became a uh, you know it, it humanized me, so he became a, a sympathetic character <laughs> in my book. Yeah, uh, there you go. So yeah, that that was that was how my night ended, um, and I wanted <laughs> to share it on the podcast. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, guys, it was good. Uh, it was good that we were able to get to uh, to an event. Unexpected um, yeah. uh, game uh, here yeah. uh, in the off season. Um, this episode's coming at you a week earlier than uh, we had been with the uh, alternating uh, weeks. Um, so we'll probably go back to the other the every other week model after this. Yep. Um, but uh, there should be some more games coming up in the horizon and. Uh, um, we'll bring those to you when when we when we uh, come back from them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for Rain Delay Theater, my name is Jack Swakowski. and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.